Today's intention is to be grateful for this moment. Grateful for the work we're putting in. Grateful for you being here, Chris. And grateful for this experience. All of it. All of it. The awkward moments, the fun moments, the challenging moments. Intention is to be grateful. Hey, it's Bobby. Welcome to Student of Intention where we help you enjoy the pursuit of purpose. Remember, don't wait, start small, learn as you go. Hey everyone, this is episode one of the Student of Intention podcast. My name is Chris Decker. I'm your guest host for today. The format of this show is to open up with an intention and a prayer. But then we want to tackle something on each episode. And it's something, what do you want to metabolize? What do you want to work through? What can you bring to the table right now that we can apply the five buckets framework, the student of attention framework to? And you've agreed to be the first subject. (laughs) Yes, seems only fitting. What do you want to metabolize? So I'm going to, I'm going to lean into, uh, lean into a challenging topic for myself and what I want to metabolize with you right here, right now is my relationship with alcohol. So what's your relationship with alcohol? (laughs) Simply, simply asked, huh? So, well, I think historically my relationship with alcohol has been, uh, uh, a close one, a close one. I've, um, I've, I've, I've enjoyed many a times with many a different types of alcohol. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I, I love it all. Mm. Big beer fan, probably even beer wine fan, and even a well-crafted cocktail uh, at the right bar by the right bartender uh, really has been a big part of my life. Mm. Now that said, it's uh, that that relationship has has taken its toll on me as well. Uh, it's taken its toll on my relationships, my ability to produce the work that I want to produce, be the person I want to be, and show up each day the way I want to show up. And that's why I want to tackle it right here, right now. Let's. Let's uncover your alcohol history, your timeline, from the first moment you were introduced to it to, to today. You know, what were the highlights, the landmark moments? Hmm. You know, I haven't thought of this in a long time, maybe ever. The first time I drank alcohol was actually senior year spring break. I think by a lot of senior year of high school, I think by a lot of measures, I was, I was actually quite the late bloomer. I was, you know, pretty, pretty straight, narrow, uh, high school student, uh, got great grades, um, big, big time athlete. I was an all American wrestler. Eventually went on to wrestle in college. And so alcohol really didn't play a part in my life until that, till that senior year spring break. And, from 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 that point on, I I started to build a relationship pretty quickly in in college, both at UNC and uh, and at Ohio State. Drinking became a, a pretty 
pretty normal way of living. Um, it wasn't uncommon to drink five, six, seven days a week. And I think that, I think that relationship kind of continued really all through my twenties and clear into my thirties. Certainly when I moved out here, um, post-college into Southern California, it, it, it was a conduit to, to the social life that, that I wanted to live and that in a lot of ways I still want to live. Hmm. And so it's, it's difficult to have a, a negative view of those times um, and, and of alcohol in my life at that time because, man, I had some really, really good times. Um, again, particularly early on when I was in Southern California, when I first moved here, I didn't know anyone. And with each friend I found was usually over a drink. Hmm. And built some amazing relationships, and I'm fortunate enough now to have a, t- a ton of good friends. I met my wife out here, um, and again, majority of those relationships have been have been forged over over a glass of wine, over a beer, what have you. And now, where I'm at now, I'm 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 at a I'm at a chasm with myself, I'm kind of facing this, this reality that I think there's another, there's another way. There's another version of myself that exists when I don't drink. I haven't drank for the last five weeks in part because of that, that curiosity of, of what that person is, right? That person that existed my first 17 years of living Hmm. of not drinking, but hasn't existed the last 16 or 20, I guess, (laughs) 20. And now thinking about what, what does, what does tomorrow look like? Right. What, what does the next 10 years look like? And so I'm at this, again, I'm at this chasm where on one hand, I'm curious of that. And then also I'm, I'm tackling new ground with my, with my occupational pursuits, my creative pursuits, Hmm. I'm in the middle of writing a book. I'm in the middle of starting this podcast, um, trying to figure out what this version of myself looks like. And part of me doesn't want any sort of burden or baggage that might be brought on Hmm. by alcohol in the ways that I've seen before. In the ways that you've seen before, I'm going to drop a story on here. I'm going to drop a little gift for your audience today. And, and I'm going to talk about when I was introduced to alcohol and then the moment that I decided it was no longer a part of my identity. You see, I grew up in and out of meth dealers' homes until I was about nine. And I remember my earliest memory of alcohol was while I was sitting at this table. You know, there's a um, mountain of weed. There's Coke. There's people doing meth. This guy has a gun. This guy has Playboy magazines. They're playing Led Zeppelin on the stereo system. The dog Maggie's to my left. Like, kind of an interesting place for a child to be. And Budweiser. Budweiser. I was handed a Budweiser as a little kid. I remember, like, tasting this. Thought it was the most awful, foul-smelling crap ever. (laughs) (laughs) As you do at that age, I imagine. Right. What kid wants Budweiser? But then I saw everybody else drinking Budweiser and it was making them like jubilous. Right. You know, like there's a reverence for this 
red and white can of deliciousness that mm. I thought was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a little curiosity there, I'm sure. At home, um, my mom would give me wine to get me to kind of shut up as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, go to sleep. And so she gave me and my brother red wine. But then when I went to, like, great-grandma's house, we would go on the weekends sometimes. Wine was a religious sacrament. We did a blessing and a prayer over it. And then I got a little bit of, a little bit of wine on the Friday Sabbath meal, you know. And so I got to see wine from this three-pronged perspective of something that makes people happy, something that's meant to get me to shut up, but then also something that's sacred, and it wasn't until many years later that I saw money as something that caused me to be violent. Money, uh, excuse me, money. Alcohol <laughs> is something that caused me to be mixing things there. Freudian slip. Um, alcohol is something that caused me to be something that I, I wasn't. And it wasn't until I'll share this very experience with you this weekend that changed my whole life. I had gone to a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power with an event as an attendee a couple of times at this point. I decided to come back as a crew member because I thought I was going to get to experience the event again for free. But something interesting happened when I came back as a crew member serving the audience. It was the Los Angeles Convention Center, 15,000 people, 15,000 people that were going there expecting to change their life in four or five days. And when you are wearing that T-shirt and you're representing that organization and something different happens when you go into something with the intention of serving. So I had to become more in order to fill the shoes that I was – you got 12, 14-hour days. It didn't matter. I didn't need coffee. I remember at the end of one of these particular sessions, I won't go into too many details, but like I had like poured myself out and I find myself – in the the crew room with another individual and she was super spiritual and and she looks over into me and says you look like you're in pain what is that she comes over to me and what i can experience the next several hours was an exorcism where she guided me through pulling a demon out of myself asking it why it had, it had come to teach me these things and then and then looking it square in the eye and then letting it go I, 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 I remember the moment I immediately collapsed and went to sleep. When I woke up, um, the, 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 the evening was still going. She was gone. The event was still going on. I had to go get to my position. And this is where people walk over hot coals, a, a, a 30 foot line of hot coals that to get to the physiological and mental state to walk over hot coals You've got to be insanely confident in your approach or you will get seriously injured, potentially even die. There is a way to do it properly to get into a perfectly calm and confident state to do this effectively, but it turns people bananas once they do it. Um, And you can imagine once someone's done something so scary, they get to the other end of this walk of fire I'm the guy, I was stand, I don't know how I ended up there, but I was standing on the entrance back to the convention center. We're talking about 15,000 people. It's two in the morning. They want to get back so they can get back to their hotels, grab their shit and leave the convention center. And I, I, one, this one person just comes running up to me. It's like ballistic, like, ah, like, like the, the amount of just unleashedness that comes from that. It's, it's purely primal. Like you enter that, you enter a very primal state. 
And I'm like, ah, I match them, you know, and I give them a hug. And, and just like you would imagine in any zombie apocalypse, like the wave just came. It just came. This lady needs a hug. That kid needs a high five. This dude, just let him do his thing, you know? And I like time went in slow motion and I saw each person for what they needed in that moment. And dude, I reached a high that I could never get with alcohol or drugs or anything. I reached a high of, of service for humanity and entered a spiritual plane. I entered an, dare I say, an astral plane in that moment of just like time had no meaning. It was just, I was there and these people, like it was, I couldn't, I can't explain it beyond that. At the end of the event, uh, Sunday evening, um, everything was gone. Everything was over. We, as crew members, we went to to a bar to go get an end of uh, celebration drink or something, or whatever. Remember, I ordered a double Jameson on the rocks, and the the bartender brought it over. He spilled some on me. I looked at it. I looked at my new friends walking in. The person that had literally helped me exercise a demon, and I remember thinking to myself. Like I ordered this out of social pre- like it was just something that I do. Right. But it wasn't who I was and I, I it clicked for me in that moment. I'm like that's actually not me. I'm okay not having this. And I gave it to the someone across from me and that that was it. It's been almost 2 years. And I never see myself drinking again. It just was it was a permanent identity shift where I was like I don't want this. Right. I just wanted to drop this little, this little gift for your, your audience today, this little story. That was my breakthrough moment. Um, no, it's a, I mean, it's a wonderful story in, in, in so many ways. And I mean, I can't imagine being in that, in that Tony Robbins environment, right? Like it's something that you see um, here or there from highlight shows, from, you know, infomercials, social media, what have you. But to hear you describe it in that way, like uh, just that energy and all those uh, different individuals coming to you out of either service or, or you know, receiving what, whatever energy that you can can provide to them, I I can't imagine it. And then the come down of that that moment where you're looking at a drink that just spilled on you and and trying to grapple with that situation, and then just meeting it head on by saying it's not. You know, it's not who I am right now. I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, now, you you also brought up an interesting you know childhood memory, one, one of which that I don't have, and I think that's what's what's challenging with me in regards to how I want to define my relationship with alcohol is is two things. One, I don't I don't really have those moments. Mike, I was fortunate enough. My, my folks, I remember distinctly. My dad went to my little sister's softball. Um, like trophy party, mm-hmm. the after party at one of the parents' house, and and I was so proud of my dad in this moment. Like all the other parents are just getting blasted mm-hmm. off of wine, off of you know whatever. He walks in with a six pack of Mountain Dew, like and and my dad's a blue collar business owner. He runs a, a a framing company, a residential framing company. So he's he's a carpenter, um, be it a master carpenter and a really accomplished one. But um, you know he's around. You know, white collar folks, basically some some mm. really well to do folks, and and they're again they're having it up, and he just sits there drinking his Mountain Dew, and and I was actually in college at the time, and I'm like, Dad, you know it's okay, I can drive, like have a drink, and he's like, No, no man, 
not at your sister's party. And that's etched in my memory. And that's how my folks were um, really with alcohol in general. So I don't, I don't have that, that perplexing to some extent, you know, negative perspective of, of alcohol at a young age. Um, and, and, and secondly, I think the other challenge that I'm grappling with is, is do I have to choose all or nothing, right? Like mm. you in that moment decided, okay, it's not for you. And, and that's awesome. And I've seen so much good come out of those, those decisions. And it, it doesn't, I don't really hear any regrets about people giving it up. I also don't hear of any corrections of, of relationship with alcohol outside of complete abstinence. And I'm, I'm kind of faced with this decision. Is it an all or nothing decision? What does that look like for me on an individual level? What does that look like for my relationships with my, my, my wife, my, my cohabitant, um, you know, predominantly. And then, and then the, all the other relationships that I, I kind of mentioned along the, the timeline of my experience with alcohol. So tell me about some of your best experiences with alcohol, like the, like the best funniest, like connection moments with people, you know, you're on a boat in Miami. Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, funny enough, we, we were at a boat in Miami, uh, just, I guess it was just two years ago for a good friend's, um, actually I was his best man. His name's Boris. Uh, I was, uh, at his, at his bachelor party. So that's certainly, certainly up there. I mean, my own bachelor party in, in Cabo, um, in, in 2019, that's, that's another one that's right up there. And bring me into a moment though, like describe the moment. What did it sound like? What were the what were the the looks on people's faces? What were you feeling? What did it look like? I mean, <laughs> I want to think of a better answer, but now I just I just thought of you know that Cabo experience, and it unfortunately it doesn't bring a great memory up in the sense that the the memory I do remember is going out onto this this awesome golf course. I mean, this is, and I'm I'm a golfer, big big lover of the sport. And this, I mean, this is an Oceanside golf course. Half of the front nine is designed by Nicholas. The other half is designed by Greg Norman. We had set the intention as a group to go out there um, early. I believe it was Friday morning. So one of the earlier, I think the first morning we're, we're there. And we're already all hung over from the night before. So I'm, I'm already pretty confident I'm going to have a tough round of golf. It's, it's also 98 degrees. Um, you know, we're, we're sweating out the alcohol from the night before in order to ail ourselves, ourselves, we, we start drinking early on. Um, and, and, and if I'm just totally being honest, like I really missed the mark on that moment. Um, because I, I, I don't totally remember the last four holes. Mm. I remember the first, the beginning holes were great. We actually had, they had unlimited, um, uh, food and drink included in the round. They had a taco bar every third hole. So, and this is like no ordinary taco bar. This is like beautiful handmade tacos, uh, high end tequila. Um, you know, of course a water station. And so it was so great that I think in the first, the first stop, uh, they had to start telling us, Hey guys, like you're still playing around. Like you got to keep going. We were about to sit there and just have a full meal and, ha and have at it. Um, so, so of course, you know, those early parts were, were really fun. And, and in a lot of ways, nothing, you know, not a moment I'm going to forget anytime soon, mm. but to say I gave that moment 
really all of its due, hmm. all of its justice. I mean, that, that course all of a sudden done between the rentals and everything, we're probably spending three, 400 bucks each hmm. for that moment. I don't even remember the last four holes. Granted, again, I was a bachelor, so I was getting fed um, a healthy dose of, of alcohol here and there. But um, that that's my answer to your question. Um, I I honestly don't know if right off the top of my head right now if if I can conjure up another memory outside of that one, and and it's not as it's not as positive a memory as I probably want it to be. Hmm. Have you missed out on any moments because of alcohol? I think my, my honest answer is I have to just assume yes. Like I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm an objective enough person, even with myself to acknowledge that that has to be true. Do I want it to be true? Do I want to think of a specific instance, uh, as a person who also doesn't even love the, doesn't like the idea of regrets? No, not, mm. really, not, not really. Right. Um, but I do think that that there's a driving again back to like where I'm at right now and why I'm even confronting this, um, both individually and on the show right now is, is I have a fear of those moments. Uh, I have a fear of, of missing out on, on, on not just experiences like the one I just referenced, but more importantly, what I can give to the world, right. Through, through my writing, through, any sort of guidance that I can give that I'm learning uh, along my journey of, of trying to figure out how to live with more intention. And actually, I, I guess that's probably the most that that's where I think I'm just butting up against this, this dilemma with myself is, is I've had so many moments where I've drank enough alcohol to where I'm certainly not living with intention. Hmm. Right? Like, I was not enjoying the pursuit of 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 being a better person of giving to the world of being in service let alone just even enjoying that golf game that day to its true fullest extent and it was because i had too much alcohol in my system Hmm. see you talk about like does it have to be all or nothing but that's not really the the question you should be asking. Like the first, like the first question you should be asking is, has it, is it a problem? Like, is it, is it a problem that needs to be dealt with? You know, has this posed a problem in your life? You're right. That, that I, I assume that is a good question to ask. And I, I can't say that it has though. Right. Like I can't say that it's at least, how I define problem, right? Like if I think of problem, I think of something, uh, something pretty, pretty challenging, pretty traumatic, pretty dire, right? I, I don't, I don't think of, of problems lightly. Um, I think I'm a pretty optimistic person, uh, try to be as opportunistic as, as, as I can be. And so, yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure, but I, I don't think so. Right. I mean, again, I'm coming off of five weeks sober um i haven't you know as i'm telling you this right now <laughs> i'm starting to think of like i think i think if i were to to name it as a problem it would be a problem it could be a problem of potentially impeding me 
from being the best version of myself, from being the person that not only lives with intention for service of myself, but more importantly, lives with intention for service of others. And I, candidly, I think I need to be that person. Candidly, if I'm going to give this thing, it's, it's, it's due process. It's due Bobby. I guess, I guess it is a problem in that regard. Cause I think it, if there's even the slightest deterrence from me drinking alcohol with me finishing the five buckets book, attempting to write one novel, two novel, build a community around student of intention. If there's just the slightest deterrence, sure. I'll get over it. Mm. Sure. I'll, I'll figure it out, but I'll know. Mm. And it, and, and those feelings, I have had those feelings before where, that that just doesn't sit well you know i know that i let myself down or let others down and for this thing for student of intention for the five buckets for the books that have yet to be written i don't want any of those deterrents even a risk of it even just a slight chance of it where's that coming from because you already made, you made you made decision number one, which is incredibly important. Which is yes, it's a problem. You defined it; it's a problem. But where's that drive to do this right? Like you like, why now? You know what's what's why now? What's what's so special about this? What's so special about student of intention? What's so special about the five buckets? Why does it matter if, you know, oh, you go give it a shot and, eh, you know, maybe, you know, why now? Because it's my life. It's my life. It's, and it's really important to me. Like, and, and not just and, – and I'm not even saying the output, right? I'm not even saying the work output, not even the literature, the manuscript, the books, the, the community. How I live every day, I'm taking – I've taken the most interest in that over the last four months. And it's something it, – it's a way of living I've just never – I've never experienced. It's – it's a long time coming. This isn't a new revelation, right? Like I, I don't think this, mm-hmm. this is something that I've wanted to do that recently. This is something that's been eating away at me for a long time. Like I know there's this, there's this dude <laughs> that, he, again, even just going back to my, you know, my my early years in living. Like I, I have this conversation at least once or twice a year where I'm like. You know, there was 17 years of your life where you, you just didn't have a relationship with alcohol at all. And you were pretty awesome. Like, mm. Kicked ass at sports, had some great relationships, was a great um, you know, son to, to my folks. And 
And, you know, again, I, I still in those things, but um, to say that they haven't been compromised a little bit would, would I think would be a lie, a mischaracterization. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, why now is, is t- it's twofold. Actually, it's threefold. One, that realization is just, it's, it's, it's at its height. The realization of like, wow, man, like this, this way of living, this way of being intentional, there's something to this that, that I, I really don't want to sacrifice. Secondly, I'm a big fan of momentum. I've got a lot of it. I like it. I want to nurture it. I want to keep going. And then third, maybe it is the most important. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, I've been putting away books in my mind for a long time that I failed to execute on, failed to write. There's this creative side of me that I've put to the side for a long time. And I just don't think I want to do it anymore. Hmm. So that's why now. Hmm. It sounds like you have to. It's like you get to. You have the privilege of this. And I'll share with you, Bobby, that when I I, I, didn't, I never saw alcohol as my primary problem. I thought, you know, I'm just like an angry guy. Or, you know, I just, I didn't, I never saw alcohol as like, the thing, but the, but w- once I let it go, the, the detox from that, the withdrawal from that emotionally helped me understand the other areas that I was using alcohol to push out of the frame of awareness. Like, oh, if I'm, if I'm constantly drunk around friends, this, that, and the other alcohol, alcohol, you know, just kind of turn off the brain for a little bit, go have some fun. Um, I didn't have to look at the other issues, but what, what started to happen is as that layer has started to dissolve, I saw the next layer, which was my relationship with intimacy and sex and porn and, 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 and that. And then another one started to fall off my relationship with money and, 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 and greed and just who I was chasing dollars. And then my relationship as a codependent, not being willing to speak my ground with others, but like, had I not knocked off layer number one, I wouldn't have started to see the rest of these. I am so grateful that I can see them now. I didn't even have the vision because I was constantly cloudy. Like, I would pride myself on the hangover. Like it's funny. It's like I am mm. I am viciously, dangerously hungover. This is hilarious. My wedding was trash because I was viciously hungover from the night before. Mm. I don't remember my own wedding, dude. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was a nice wedding. I bet. It was a nice wedding. <laughs> the pictures are nice, but I don't have any memory of it. Oh, I don't know why I shared that. I just felt like, no, I mean, listen, we've, we've all been there. Um, maybe not the wedding part. Um, I was, I did enjoy the wedding, (laughs) but, but you know what? I don't want to, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the other side of 
and why this is a dilemma, right? Like, of course I have all this clarity um, and I can answer that question of like, why now? At the same time, like why not now, or at least not a complete, you know, absence from alcohol is I also have a, I kind of have a romantic relationship with alcohol. Like I have with many things, right? I mean, I, I put right up there with a, a good, you know, beach on the, uh, a good run on the beach, you know, right up there in terms of a, a romantic idea of, of alcohol is, you know, a great glass of wine overlooking a sunset with my wife, right? Or even again, just a, 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 a wonderful conversation with a, a capable bartender, probably got a mustache, some epic tattoos, vest, right? And makes a, just a crafty, um, you know, gin and tonic or something, right? And uh, can I challenge this for a second? Challenge away. I want to challenge this it up. because the things you're talking about, what what you're seeking, an intimate moment with your wife, a great conversation with a skilled human being. Are those not possible? No, of course they're possible. Of course they're possible. I'm just um, just. Again, I I think it wouldn't be a a, a Bobby driven conversation, right? Like if I don't present those real the three sixty yeah perspectives of myself and how I how I view a good drink, mm. right? a hazy IPA, right? I don't I don't put it in in an evil bucket, right? I have a lot of affinity for the craft that goes into it, the taste of it. Certainly that that sort of perspective i think falls off after five or six right? <laughs> like I, I lose that sort of romanticism that i have for it but again I, i'm just i, I got to present the other side and that's the side that i see it and that's the side that i'm gonna have to grab grapple with i think most most predominantly more so than even the the challenging moments that exist hmm. where i've where i've had too much or i've been hung over which there are many it's that I, I just don't I don't know if I'm comfortable saying out loud, right, that that I'm not gonna have those moments anymore. Right. And mm. and and not and and to answer your question, like those moments with a drink in hand, yes, not independent of the drink of choice. Um, it's not that they can't happen, it's that uh you know, you want you want to go to a baseball game with a baseball hat on, right? Um, I'm going to go to a bar and I want to order dealer's choice cocktail from 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 that from that capable bartender. I I I want I don't want all the bad moments. I want the good ones. <laughs> but in pursuit of Bobby 2.0, who becomes a student of intention, the Bobby that had a spiritual awakening, the Bobby that cares about himself, like, is there anything worth living for that you didn't have to make a certain sacrifice to attain? Anything worth like living if, for? Like, if, if this whole this whole new life that you're describing just fell in your lap and you are just in it right now. <laughs> you know, 
Would it be worth it? I don't know. What would you? It, would it be worth giving up some things that you enjoy in a past life to enjoy something better? Well, yes, in a lot of ways, right? I mean, I think um, I'm, I'm already doing that, right? It, it, with with so many things in how I live, right? I mean, the five buckets framework, originally, I came up with it for myself. Mm. I came up with it to dig me out of a hole I didn't necessarily know I was in. And it's, you know, it's balanced across learning, creativity, health, relationships, and work, because that's what I needed in that moment, right? Um, there's there's not a place for, for for alcohol in it, or at least it certainly wasn't wasn't part of the healing that that, that took place, particularly in those first six weeks of, of of leveraging the framework. So, of course, you're right, um, and it's definitely not worth it, right? Like again, I'm I'm trying to be sincere here and showing mm-hmm. everything that I'm I'm battling and I'm dealing with. And even the, even the stuff that maybe, maybe doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe it doesn't, but that's, uh, cause yeah, the hard, I mean, a hard, fast question of, of, is it worth it? Like, no, right. No is the answer. I, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, and I'll just share, I won't share the, the, a personal story, but I'll share just a personal thing that happened is when I drink and I got to be the big shot at my networking groups and I got to be the leader who had the the uh the corduroy drinking jacket on. I'm in the Island Hotel and like I've I've got an old fashioned and I've got my wife here in like, you know, a faux mink coat. Like to me that was like I was living the movie. I felt mm. like enough I needed to feel like enough because I was told that I wasn't, you know, but the, like the lie, mm-hmm. I was burying the lie and trying to live the truth and make it look like what I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. but those were the most empty moments mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, I'd swipe the credit card for a thousand bucks and pick up a bunch of people's tabs. Cause I wanted to be the enough guy, you know, mm-hmm. how dumb was that? <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that that's, that's you, but that was me. And, and it, 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 it helped me hit those, those, those needs. Um, I can't help, but think in this situation, I'm not trying to convince you either way. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to be clear about that, but well, I want yeah, to let's know. Let's be clear for, for those listening. Like this is my idea. <laughs> this, is a, this is a metabolism. And, and when you mm. metabolize something, it means you're digesting it. Um, and you know, the way our bodies work is we take in something and our bodies are this magnificent machine that processes the, the nutrients and, and uses it to live and gets rid of the, the stuff we don't need. So what we're doing right now, folks, ladies and gentlemen, the students of intention (laughs) is that we are metabolizing something that we might be avoiding. We might not even want to talk about, but I'm going to just tell it to you straight up. This is how you metabolize it. It has to process. 
I'm curious though. I like, I'm curious your relationship with spirit. Um, you know, how is like the spiritual realm played out in your life? <clears throat> How's the spiritual realm played out in my life? I mean, <laughs> relationship with God. I'll just be straight up about it. <laughs> Whether you're an atheist or, you know, Buddhist doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I I think I your term spirit, I think that's a good word. I I use the universe all caps or not all caps, uh, you know, capitalized and I use uh, I like Stephen Pressfield's word, the muse, right? I, I kind of, at least as of late, subscribe to the idea that we are all the spirit. We are all connected. We are all, um, we are all God experiencing himself, right? To mm. whichever God you, you subscribe to. Um, and so uh, that's a complicated question in regards to like what, what has, well, repeat the question again. <laughs> What's been your relationship with spirit? What's been my relationship with spirit? Um, well, as of late, right? It's, it's me giving sort of a, a play on words actually. Cause spirit, alcohol, spirit, spirituality. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. It's a little late to it, but now I see it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's, in some ways, I mean, it hasn't been a driving factor, right? Like in the last several months, it's been, I think, my relationship with with spirit has uh, strengthened because mm. I've 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 loved myself more. Mm. I've loved um, my relationships more. I've loved I've I've loved I've loved. Mm, strangers more society more i've i'm i'm leaning into acceptance to positivity i'm trying as best i can to give myself opportunities to give more to myself and to others and in doing so i sense i'm creating a better connection with spirit hmm. at the same time i certainly am in debt i'm in debt and in and, and in no i mean without question to some extent because of my relationship with alcohol um i remember in, in college i uh, it was actually my senior year i'd only had a i'd only had a few drinks i the, there's no physical reason from my understanding that I should have been drunk and I had to drive to my parents' house at the time. Cause I had to give up my apartment because I was planning to move out West, hmm. like in short order mm -hmm. and was uh, completely fine and drove, um, got into drive again, th three drinks, three beers. No, no, way shape or form did i think i was in any way impaired to drive and somewhere along the land along the way i fell asleep and i had a beautiful four-door dodge ram that was essentially brand new off the lot um that i drove through a roundabout hmm. 
It was a new roundabout, one that hadn't been there before, uh, on my way to my parents' house. Drove through it, hit a sign, fishtailed into a light pole, concaving the entire bed of my truck in. Fortunately enough, no one was hurt, myself included, and I was able to navigate that that truck home. Um, and so it, it, it cost me around $7,000 in damage as a person coming off of, you know, student, student debt and looking to go take on his first job and move across the country. So it was, it was a painful experience, but certainly could have been a lot more painful and to bring it back again. And that's, we only have so much time to tell, tell stories of, of that, but I would say more often than not something, someone, something bigger was looking out for me. And certainly that day was one. So I'm, I'm in debt <laughs> with mm. regards to my relationship with spirit. If I think about enough of those memories. Hmm. That's an uncomfortable place to be in, to feel like you're in debt. Yeah. I mean, I was in debt when I moved out here, credit card debt and, it was so uncomfortable. I got rid of it very quickly. So, <laughs> so yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe in some ways, I mean, it's interesting. I haven't been asked that question maybe ever. So, um, it's interesting that that's my answer, but, um, and potentially maybe a driving force, hmm. um, one of many. You know, with the time we have left, okay, we're covering a, this is a heavy topic and you're sharing a lot on an episode one, but this is going to grow. I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like you have the privilege of being in my seat now for, for future guests to help them metabolize, to connect with their intention. Mm-hmm. Even if for a moment, even if for the space that you create for them. In, in the space of an, uh, half an hour or an hour. I mean, that's going to have a multiplier effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. Like it's certainly not the way I envisioned the first student of intention podcast. At the same time, my intention was to be grateful for this experience. Mm. And I'm really grateful that you gave me the opportunity to have this conversation in this way. And you're certainly a, a capable partner in having this conversation. And thank you so much for sharing um, all the different stories. Um, it's a, it's plenty of, of helpful information that not only am I digesting now, but I'll, I'll keep taking with me. So thank you for, for all of that and all of this. Um, in regards to, you know, moving forward with student of intention, right? I mean, at, at my core or at its core, I should say, I'm trying to help people enjoy pursuit of purpose, right? And why it is fitting, although again, not how I, not how I see the, saw the first episode going, not, not certainly my relationship with alcohol doesn't make the top like three 
exciting, fun conversations that I wanted to have. But that was courage. Like right off the bat, you demonstrated courage. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, what's something I definitely don't feel like sharing today. All right, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, back to enjoying pursuit of purpose and back to like, is it worth it? I mean, that's why I think I brought it up is because I know how I'm living right now. I'm enjoying the crap out of so much of living. I was talking to a good friend, Kevin, just yesterday about how I, I, I live for the coffee I grind in the morning. My mm. ritual of grinding whole beans and then putting them into this wonderful French press and adding in my cacao, adding in my rasa, um, adding in the oat milk and the honey and like I call it Bob's brew. Like I live for that little 11 minute ritual. My runs to the beach are like, I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not trying to be an Olympian here. I'm not trying to, I'm not really aiming for any outcome. I'm enjoying that moment. Mm-hmm. And I've ran a bunch. I mean, I was a college wrestler. I've, I've ran my share of runs. Mm-hmm. Usually I was running for something, running for a goal of losing weight, running for a goal of getting in shape, what have you. Now I, I go because I need it. I go because I want it. I want to feel my feet in the sand at the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I want to feel that sun on my face. I want to run to my favorite song at that moment. And I want to keep leaning into that enjoyment of experience. And if I were to narrow down anything that's my biggest risk of not continuing on with that, it would be too many drinks at the wrong time. And if uh if, if this is the kind of stuff we're gonna tackle on suit of intention then then so be it um i definitely feel better that um that i've gotten to have this conversation with you and and with anybody that's listening i'm certainly more prepared to 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 tackle it with myself and get a sense of how i can take your spot in that chair moving forward to help folks have the courage to to metabolize something that that maybe is a little uncomfortable or at least that's that's more necessary than not hey it's chris we're really grateful you checked out this first episode of the student of intention podcast please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on youtube don't wait Start small, learn as you go, live with intention.